This morning we're going to wrap up the series that we've been in um, where we're talking about really, we're talking about how we do life as a church. We're going to be looking at, uh, or we have been looking at how we as a church do this church thing. What does it mean to be a part of a church? What does the Bible have to say about what church is supposed to look like? And as we've been going through this series, we're using this, this word life, which is one of my favorite words. We're using the word life as an acronym to help us do this. The L stands for learning, so we, we learn and we grow together. We become like Jesus together. Um, we, we walk alongside others and help them become like Jesus. Um, the I is for investing. We live life with purpose. We invest the time, the treasure, the talent that God's given us. We invest that back into the kingdom of God. Um, F is for family and friends. Church is about people. Look around you. This is what church is about. It's about people. And in, in this season that we're in right now, I've been telling our leadership team that our big win in this season that we're in is that you would engage beyond weekend services in, in the, the life of this church. That you would get connected somewhere. That you get some people around you who, who care about you, who know you, who can pray into your life, and who can walk alongside you on your journey of following Jesus. Church is about family, it's about friends, and the E is for enjoying. We enjoy all the blessings that God has given us in life. And last week, um, didn't Eric just do an, an outstanding job of unpacking what the, the E is all about? And uh, he preached about how our God loves to give good gifts for us to enjoy. I love that about our God. He's not a stingy God. He loves to give good gifts for us to enjoy. Food to eat, rivers to fish. Mountains to ski or snowboard on. Um, that's just the kind of God that, that we serve. And ultimately, he gives us the gift of himself to be enjoyed in community with others. This is how we do life as a church. And if you're not in a place where, where this is your current reality, man, my encouragement for you this morning is to begin to take some steps towards <coughs> making this your, your current reality. Reality where you're living this kind of life. Get in community where, where you'll become like Jesus. Get connected to one of our many, many ministries that we have going on. Get in a, get in a small group where you're, you'll learn and grow and, and invest. You've been given talents. You've been given gifts. You've been given skills that God has given you to invest, to give back into the kingdom of God. And, and so I just encourage you, if you're not experiencing this life um, that 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 we've been talking about the last several weeks, begin to take some steps toward this. And then, when you begin to do life this way, here's where we're going to hang out this morning. God's desire for you is that you wouldn't stop at just living it for yourself, but that you would be a person who invites others into this life. And we're going to hang out here and unpack what it means and what it looks like for, for you and me to be an inviting people. Do any of you here remember the first time that you received an invitation? Just think back. When was the first time that you really received a meaningful invitation? I remember the first time that, that I received one. I was seven years old. And uh, uh, one of the kids on my hockey team back in the day, Jason Roper, you don't remember his name, he invited me over to his house for a sleepover. And I was super excited because it was going to be my first real sleepover. You know, I slept over at Grandma Grandpa's before. But well, this is going to be my first real sleepover. And not only that, Jason was, was one of the cool kids on the hockey team. 
And uh, even more importantly, though, he had the latest, greatest toy that all the kids were talking about. He had an Atari gaming system. <laughs> and I don't remember a whole lot about that sleepover, but I do remember playing that Atari, playing this game called Pitfall over and over again. Anybody remember Pitfall? I mean, you talk about bad graphics, but it was like back in the day, it was incredible. It was this little man, his, his goal was to make it through the jungle, and so he would swing on these little pixelated vines across these muddy mud bogs, and he'd have to hop over these rolling logs. It was just mind-blowing back in the day. <laughs> and we played that game for hours. Um, but it was this, this invite. When Becky and I first moved our family to Ferndale, we didn't really know anybody here. Um, we knew her, her parents lived in Linden, but beyond that, we didn't really know anybody. And then we received an invite one day um, from some friends of ours, Joel and Lee Saxman. They invited us to go for Thai food, to watch the Sounders game. I was amazed at how a soccer game could turn relatively calm people into rabid, loud, <laughs> crazed fanatics. It was crazy. Um, this morning, I actually opened up my, in my email, my inbox, and, and there was an email that had the header that said, you're invited. And I looked a little bit, and someone in our church invited us to dinner. And I've got to tell you, I just it made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And for the most part, we love getting invitations, though. For the most part. Now, there is those invitations, like that guy or that girl who you're not really interested in, invites you on a date, and it's kind of awkward. You don't really know what to say. And you're like, what do you do? But for the most part, we love invitations. And even those that we don't like, there's an element of that that we still enjoy why? Because somebody is, is taking an interest in us, and, and an invite is really someone saying they want you to be a part of their life. It's like they, they have the door wide open, and they are welcoming you in to whatever it is that they have going on in life, which, by the way, sounds a lot like Jesus. You see, at the heart of the gospel is the story of how God invites us. He invites us into his family. He invites us to know his forgiveness. He invites us to know the, the hope that he brings. He invites us to be saved. He invites us to know life to the full. He invites us to be healed. Invites us to follow him. And you see this, this is everywhere in the Gospels. You read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You're, you're going to see this everywhere where, where Jesus is, is just constantly inviting people. And when you, when you see how he invites, you, you realize pretty quick... There's a few um, uh, uh, ways that, that he invites in particular. First of all, he invites without prerequisites. He doesn't place conditions or terms on the kind of people that, that he's going to invite. Remember way back in the very beginning of his ministry, he's, he's walking along the beach, and uh, he sees two brothers, Peter and Andrew, just these normal, average guys, these, these, these blue-collar fishermen guys, and he comes up to these guys and he invites them saying, come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. Later he would say, if any would follow me. And then he would tell them what was required to follow him, but he never placed conditions on the actual invite. He invited everyone. And the same holds true today. All are welcome in his kingdom. Rich, poor, Top of the social ladder, bottom of the social ladder, 
liberal, conservative, white-collar, blue-collar, religious, and those far, far, far away from God, everyone gets invited. Next, he invites without consideration for what he can get in return. And, and of course, he would do that because he has everything that, that he could ever need because he's God. Um, he doesn't invite, though, with consideration of what he can get in return. Have you ever invited someone because of what you could get out of the invite? Anybody ever done that? No, to raise your hand, but, but honestly, we, we probably have all done that at some point or another, right? You invite your wife on a date so that maybe you can get a little extra love later on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or, or you invite the boss out for lunch. You invite the boss out for lunch because you're hoping that maybe the next time you ask for that pay raise, it's going to be a little better. Or you invite your friends to your birthday party so they'll invite you to their birthday party. That's not how Jesus works, though. There's nothing that, that we could possibly give him in return because he has everything um, that he could ever want. And so he says we should, we should be the same when we invite. One time when Jesus was, was teaching, he said this. He said, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back, and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. In other words, make sure that when you're inviting people to include those who could never repay you. He's not saying here, he's not saying don't ever invite family and friends over. That's not what he's getting at here. He's making a point. Don't just invite those people over, but invite people who could never repay you, because that's how that's how Jesus works. He invites with no prerequisites. He invites with no thought of what he can get in return. And then we see that he invites with, with love, just this incredible heart of compassion. One time Jesus had great crowds of people following him, people who weren't a part of his inner circle, people who had lots of needs, people who had lots of burdens and cares, and, and they're just kind of following along behind Jesus. This particular um, scene that we're going to read in just a second, Jesus had just come from from trying to get away from the crowds and have some solitude, but they just kept following him. Now, a lot of people in that moment would kind of maybe be a little bit like, okay, you need to give me some space and kind of push people away, but not Jesus. The Bible puts what happened like this. It says the crowds found out where he was going, and they followed him. What did Jesus do? He welcomed them, and he taught them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who were sick. And there's so much love in the way that he just... He welcomes in everybody. And then what does he do? He treats them like they're part of his inner circle. He starts to share with them the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. He unpacks what it's like in his kingdom. And then he takes care of their needs. He heals them. You know, the opposite of, of being an inviting person is to be a rejecting or a repelling person. Someone that, that pushes people away. Doors are, are always shut rather than open. You're difficult to access. You're hard to get to know. Isolated, unfriendly. You repel people rather than welcome, welcome them, them in. Jason, this kid on the hockey team who invited me over that sleepover where we played, just had this amazing night of playing Atari. Um, he actually ended up becoming a rejecting kind of person with me, or at least with me. Um, I didn't meet his prerequisites, um, and that I wasn't cool enough 
to be a part of his little inner circle that he had going on with a couple other guys on the hockey team. Pretty soon, um, he ended up becoming hostile in his rejection of me. Um, he started calling me names. Don't ever call me this name because it still hurts. Skeleton bones. Uh, he called me that. And the love was just gone. No more Atari. No more sleepovers. And I've only ever seriously punched a guy in the face twice in my life. One of those was Jason Roper in second grade. Um, he just was, I just could not handle skeleton bones anymore. He literally was following me around on the playground, in the hallways, calling me skeleton bones. And I just couldn't take it, so I bopped him in the nose. And uh, blood started to pour out, and he just ran around the class squealing. And I got to admit, I felt pretty good in the moment. But he became this, like, rejecting, repelling kind of guy. And all of us in this room have experienced, we've been on the, the wrong end of that whole deal, haven't we? Where rather than somebody, maybe it's somebody that you thought would be inviting, or somebody that one time was inviting, they were in this kind of posture, all of a sudden their posture became more like this, and they became more rejecting. They just they pushed you away. And maybe it wasn't even just you, they pushed everybody away for whatever reason. And it, it's, when that happens, though, it's not fun. I mean, it, it hurts. To, to be rejected or to be pushed away. But what I love about our God is that he's just not like that. He invites, his invite is open to everybody. Our God is, is not a, a, a closed door kind of God. He's not a God who, who's a shut out the world, mind his own business kind of God. He is a welcoming, a welcoming God. When Jesus came to this world, he came full of life. And, and he didn't just do life. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that, that in him was life. Was life. He came full of grace, full of truth, full of love, forgiveness, sacrifice, generosity. I mean, every good thing. He came, he came full of that. And what does he do? He does not keep that to himself. He doesn't keep it to himself. He came inviting people into this life that he had. He didn't just come inviting the cool kids. He didn't just come inviting all those people who had it all together. No, he came inviting the broken. He came inviting the weary. He came inviting the sinners. He came inviting even those that were hostile to him. He came inviting everybody. Inviting them to experience life in the kingdom of God. One time, Jesus told this parable to, to help us see um, what the kingdom of God is like. And um, this, this parable is really a picture of how God works. In this parable, a king is getting ready to throw this great banquet for his son. And so the king, he has his servants go out and just invite a bunch of people to this banquet. However, the people that he invited, they don't show up. And so what does the king do? Does he give up? Does he, does he throw a fit because the people he's invited aren't coming and just shut the door and say, uh, stinks to be you? Um, does he get hurt and say, if you're going to reject me, then I'm going to reject you? Not at all. In fact, the Bible tells us just the opposite happened. It says, then the king said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you can find. Now, the street corners are the places where the riffraff of society hangs out. It's where the outcasts live. Jesus says, I don't want my banquet hall to be empty. So go wherever you can and invite anyone that you can. The Bible says that the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. This is the God we serve. 
This is the God that we serve. The kingdom of God is like a glorious banquet. This has been this bread. It's a feast. It's life and life to the full. And God says, I want you to be a part of it. I am inviting you in. I love how Eugene Peterson, in the message paraphrase of 2 Thessalonians 2.13, he captures God's heart really clear. The verse goes like this. It says, God picked you out as his from the very start. Think of it. Included in God's original plan of salvation by the bond of faith in the living truth. This is the life of the Spirit that he invited you to through the message we delivered in which you get in on the glory of our Master, Jesus Christ. You've been invited. You've been invited. That is called good news for a reason. You've been invited to know the life that, that Jesus came to bring life and life to the full. And, and, and maybe somebody stepped in here this morning feeling like you're on the outside, feeling like, like maybe you have uh, lived a life that makes you not worthy, that makes you somehow undeserving of, of this life that Jesus offers you. Well, listen, the truth of God's word is, and the, the, the good news of the gospel is that God invites you in anyways. He invites you in. Regardless of how messed up your past is, regardless of how jacked up your present is, he invites us in. All of our weaknesses, all of our flaws, all of our sin, he invites us in. That's good news, isn't it? He invites, invites us in. This is the God that we serve. He invites us into his life. When you first heard the gospel, maybe you heard it through a dad or a mom or a friend or a coach or, or a pastor or a student leader. When you first heard the gospel, you might have thought that someone was just sharing their story with you. But that actually wasn't really entirely what was happening. What was happening in that moment was God was inviting you in to know life in his kingdom, the life of the spirit, God's word says. And, and here's the thing. Now that you know it, and, and now that you're living this, this life, guess what? God extends another invitation to you, and that invitation is to be an inviter. It's to be an inviter. To invite others into this life that you have in Christ. To invite others in the same way that Christ invited you. Without prerequisites, without thought for what you can get in return, and, and with, with all the love that Jesus has inside of you. It's to invite people to experience this life that you have in Christ. We have a problem in the church today. We have a problem. And the problem is that too many of, of us are keeping the life that God's given us, we're keeping it to ourselves. We, 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 we've come to know the blessings of God. We, we know how He gives joy. We know how He forgives our sin. We know how He just keeps inviting us in and loving, about, loving us. The Bible says lavishing His love on us. We know that, and we, we experience that, and we enjoy that, and then we just, we just keep it to ourselves. What God asks us and invites us us to do is he invites us to invite others to that. Jesus' words to us are very straightforward. He says, go and make disciples, which is to say, don't keep this life to yourself. Don't just stay enjoying it for yourself. Go, invite others along on the journey to enjoy Jesus as well. And so how do we do that? 
What, what are we inviting people into? Now, here it is. You ready? Are you ready? Yes. Here's what you're inviting people into. You're, you're inviting people into what you're learning, what you're, where you're investing, who your family and friends are, and what you're enjoying. It's that simple. And, and, and let me just break down for you really quick what it looks like to not just do life this way, but to invite others into this life. When you invite people into what you're learning, what you're doing is you're inviting them to see and know the way of Jesus. It's that simple. You're inviting people into what you're learning. There's a story in the Bible of a man named Apollos, and, and he was one of the great preachers of the early church, but he didn't start out that way. In fact, he started off with kind of this like fuzzy picture of who Jesus was and fuzzy picture of the way of, of Christ. And so what happened in that moment is um, a couple actually noticed this. They noticed that Apollos was, was preaching, but stuff was just a little bit off. And so this couple, Priscilla and Aquila are their names, um, what did they do? They invited Apollos, Apollos, I don't know how to say the guy's name, let's just go with Apollos. <laughs> they invited this guy into what they had already learned about God. And the Bible says um, Apollos began to speak boldly in the synagogue. And when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they're like, man, this boy needs some help. Doesn't say it in the Bible, but that's basically what they're thinking. And they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. They didn't let this guy just kind of flounder on his own. They didn't stand back and hope that somehow he would just magically discover what the way of Christ was. They didn't just leave him out there and go, oh my gosh, who is this guy? He's just like, Man, he's like making a, a, a bad name for himself and a bad name for the kingdom of God. They didn't do any of that. Instead, what they did is they invited him into their home. They invited him into a relationship with him. And they invited him in to learn what they had already learned about Jesus in his way. And as a result, this guy discovers the way of God. And there's so many ways that you can do this. There's so many ways that you can invite people. Um, and for nothing else, you can, get, you can invite people to show up here on a Sunday morning and go, hey, we're going through this, this series right now that, that you might find interesting. Come, come and check it out. It's a really simple invite. Invite people into what you're learning. If you're a parent and you're, you're, you're going through God's Word and you come across a chapter in the Bible or a verse in the Bible that really stands out to you, hey, that next time that your family is sitting together at dinner time or just hanging out together in the living room, you can... Wrap between your Bible and said, hey guys, I just want to read this verse. I was reading this in my Bible this week and, and God really spoke to me. And just read it and talk about it and discuss it. And what you're doing is you're inviting people into to what you're, you're learning. On this last Wednesday, a couple guys in our church, they started a men's discipleship group. And it's not really a program, it's just a couple dudes inviting other dudes into what they're learning about Jesus and his way. But one of the, the best things that you can invite people into is invite them into to what you're learning. You can also invite people into where you're investing. Where is it that you're investing your life right now? What's getting your time? Uh, what's getting your energy? Um, what, where is it that you're investing your, your time, your treasure, your talent? Maybe it's that, 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 that new business that you started up. Uh, maybe it's your, your church family. Maybe it's that sports team that you're just, you're loving right now. 
Um, could be a new home. It could be your family. Um, it could be a, a new family member. Where, where are you investing your, your time and your energy right now? Invite people into that. Don't keep it to yourself. You can also invite people into your, uh, who your friends and your family are. How do you do this? You invite people out for dinner. You invite people into your home. Um, this next, uh, and towards the, the middle of November, we're going to be having our, I believe, sixth annual Chili Bowl. And it's going to be an opportunity for people just to come together. And uh, it's a great opportunity for you to, to go look around at the people in your life, maybe your neighbors, maybe your friends and family who don't go to church. It's a great opportunity to invite them into your church family in this unintimidating way where we're just going to be eating some good food and having a contest, celebrating Rich's first ever Chili Bowl Championship. Um, but invite people into your, your family and friends. Um, so many ways that you can do that. You can also invite people into what you're enjoying. What are you enjoying right now in life? Just think about that for a minute. What are you enjoying? What are you enjoying? You got this hobby, new hobby, and you invite somebody into that. Maybe you're just really enjoying your, 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 your home that God's blessed you with. Invite people into that. Maybe you're just enjoying your kids. It's, maybe it's that new boat. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's your, 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 that, this new ministry that you just started or you just, you just became a part of. Invite people into that. These gifts that God gives us, they're not to be hoarded for our own personal use and enjoyment, but they're to be shared. They're to be given away, and we, we invite people into that. You know, I think a lot of times kids understand this a lot better than adults. Um, my kids just recently, two of my kids, uh, they got these two costumes for Halloween, these two uh, dinosaur costumes. I don't know if you've ever seen, like, these viral videos of these people, these blow-up costumes, and the dinosaur. Maybe I'll wear it next Sunday and preach it. That would be right. <laughs> Let's create a viral moment as a church. But, but my kids, they, uh, they got two of these costumes. And it's kind of funny how, how it works. They just want, they want their friends to enjoy this co these costumes. And they're inviting their friends over and they're wearing them. And me and Becky, we're like, hey, uh, easy, don't sing the pop. we we got to be careful with this costume. And we're like trying to protect this costume where our kids are just going, they just want to invite everybody in to wear these costumes and, and to like play with them in these, these gifts that they're enjoying. And, and, but we have so many different things that we are enjoying in life. And as followers of Jesus, one of the ways that we can invite people into the life that we have is to invite people into what we're, we're enjoying. A couple questions as we wrap up. What can you begin to do this week to begin inviting people into your life? What can you begin to do differently this week to begin inviting people into your life. Maybe it's inviting them into what you're learning. Maybe it's inviting them into where you're investing. Maybe it's inviting them into your family and your friends. Maybe it's inviting them into something that you're enjoying. But what can you begin to do differently this week? Not next month. Not next year. Not five, ten years from now when all the kids leave the home and you have some space. What can you begin to do differently this week to begin inviting people into your life? And then go and do it. You know, I'm sure there's, there's people in this room who at one time or another, God has put somebody on our heart and we, 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 
felt that tug, God saying, hey, here's this person, invite them, invite them to this or that, and for whatever reason, we just kind of like, we, maybe we just got busy and we just forgot about it, or maybe we just, we just uh, were scared. You know, inviting somebody is a vulnerable thing to do, right? It's, it's, it's a place of vulnerability. You're inviting somebody into your life, and guess what could happen the other end? You could be rejected. It's a vulnerable place, and sometimes that scares people away from inviting people in. We go, oh, what if they don't like me? What if they, what if they don't respond how, how I, 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 I hope they will? It's this vulnerable place. But maybe God's put something in your heart and you just, you just put that to the side. You just keep getting pushed back. Well, listen, you're here this morning because God is inviting you to invite that person into your life. What can you begin to do this week to invite people into your life? And then the second question is who? Can you begin inviting? Who can you begin inviting? Maybe it's people that you meet up with every Sunday. Maybe it's the person that sits be- beside you or in front of you or behind you, and, and they're there every week, and they're, you're there, but you've never really got a chance to, to get to know them. And and uh, but you just every week it's the same thing. You just feel like there's that tug, there's that push. I don't really believe that the Holy Spirit is going to let you come here week after week after week without at some point giving you a little nudge and say, hey, begin to invite these people around you into your life somehow. But who is it that God's saying, hey, invite, invite into your life? Maybe for somebody else, it's not somebody in our church. Maybe it's somebody um, that doesn't even know God. They're, they're a long, long ways from Jesus. And uh, maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's somebody that you... Uh, play basketball with, or maybe it's another student in your, your school. Maybe it's a neighbor that you have. And, and listen, this call that Jesus gives us to invite people into our lives, it's not just an, in, an, an invite for those that we know in our church family. It's an invite that, that Jesus is asking us to give to lost people, people that, that don't know Jesus. And who are those people in your life that God is saying, he, he's, he's nudging you, saying, hey, I want you to invite this person into your life. What can you begin to do differently this week to begin inviting people into your life? And then who? Who are those people that God is calling?